Yeah, there's, there's not, not a lot, lot of those there, are there. Is there? We just basically said that. So should we try that again? So we might be heard. Yeah, how about you go and I'll <laughs> shut up. Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Welcome back to the stage of history, Talon Lee. I never could get the hang of playing Cervantes. <laughs> ah, he was almost a Jeb sandwich, but fortunately, he's still a Jeb wrench. <laughs> that was a good laugh. I tried to keep it together. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Do we have a Jeb wrench? I hope we have a Jeb wrench. Oh, he is a Jeb sandwich. I'm still waiting for the laughter to subside. <laughs> And it's dangerous to go alone. Take Fox Lee. Aww. Talon, what you been playing? I, 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 I have some bad news in that because I started playing an MMO, I appear to still be playing an MMO. <laughs> you never stop playing MMOs. Oh, it's <laughs> happened again. Well, no. I also have been playing games for class, which is the most insane sentence. I, I can't believe I get to say that. Uh, <laughs> Live it up. Yeah. Um... Adventure Time Munchkin. Mm. That interests me, because I've not found Munchkin particularly appealing, but I think with the, the layer of Adventure Time concept over the top, I could quite enjoy that. Yeah. Um, also, because uh, it's the period of the semester where the first wave of big assessments hit, I've kind of not been looking at new stuff and going back to playing old stuff for that moment of stress release, which mostly means uh. I've been playing Civilization One and Zealiard and... <laughs> when there are people around to play with The Secret World. Civ is kind of a uh, comfort game for you, isn't it? It's not really a question of winning or losing. It's, you know, how much fun can I have with what I call this civilization? And it, it is an interesting game because the social media aspect of it, which is quite clearly not integrated into the game <laughs> by <laughs> any means, has made it a new form of fun for me. <laughs> uh, I, my last playthrough, I literally named every city after the most recent thing in my notifications. <laughs> <laughs> which, thanks to a conversation between Jeb and uh, Safe in Skirts, wound up meaning that I had four cities named various various forms of Jeb, and three cities named something like Cute Witch. Uh, the the um. Yeah, I wrote something about uh, so the 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 effectiveness of social media. Yeah. Uh, in in games, shameless plug. Yeah, it was it was a good thing. You can go read it at jebwrench.com. Yeah, goodness knows I was incredibly excited to see people live-tweeting my little visual novel game. Oh Shameless my plug. At foxlee.itch.io? Uh, I, I think it's fox-lee or fox-underscore-lee, because they didn't tell me that my username uh, couldn't contain any spaces. Oh. And I always try for fox-space-lee, if I can have that as a username. But I wasn't prepared for it to accept that and then put in a dash or an underscore itself. Itch Otherwise I would have left it out. Ah. ah, well. And it is done. Yep. These are the thing. These are the things that try Fox's souls. <laughs> you okay? You have no idea how much it bugs me that my DeviantArt account doesn't have capital letters in the Fox Lee. I'm just giving you a look. I, I did not realize. I haven't changed my username, but if you put capitals in in the first place, it will remember them. Oh, it, it's irrelevant. Like people can put capitals or not capitals, and they'll still get to your account. But the point is, like, for, for reference, you can use Fox. 
For reference, you can use fox underscore or fox-lee.itch.io. That's wonderful. Oh, thanks, Jeb. That's very handy. And by the way, big ups to itch.io for doing that, because I'm pretty sure that's something they've set up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that is something they programmed during account creation. Good stuff, guys. Yeah, itch.io are really sweet. I, I'm genuinely impressed by almost everything I hear about itch.io. By the way, there's a vanishingly small chance that any of them listen to this podcast, but the people who have tipped me for that game, you are wonderful and I love you. Aww. So, Jeb, what have you been playing? I have been roaming across China with several of my closest friends and uniting it under my banner. <laughs> You've been, what's this, like a Dynasty Warriors type thing? This isn't a Dynasty Warriors type thing. This is just You've straight up. You've been playing Dynasty Warriors. I've been playing Dynasty Warriors 8 Empires. Do you have the surfing horse? <laughs> what? There's a, there's a bit in one of the trailers for one of those games where someone, like, rides a horse through a tube wave or something. <laughs> know the details <laughs> well, the, the the empires games are aren't quite as cinematic as ah. the mainline series uh, by the way they, i want i want to note that we have three foot high quotes around cinematic. <laughs> cinematic at a certain point you just become your own style and it is a parody of itself <laughs> it's uh it's what we call stylized reality yes well the the empires games also feature in a, a very toned down empire building uh game within it where you uh you fight for control of provinces and you recruit officers things like that which right. uh, is that not what you do in the normal game oh no 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 the, the normal games the normal game in the in the mainline series you just you play through a storyline uh level by level loosely based on the romance of the three kings At loosely that's oh the only goodness. part i did know but I assumed it was done through managing provinces and recruiting generals and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's nope. quite remarkable in that it's one of the few points in video games where army versus army numbers are reasonably realistic, and yet you're still meant to engage them one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> there, is, there is famously a Dynasty Warriors battle that represents one like massive clash of 100,000 troops. And you actually do go in there and individually kick them all in the head. <laughs> Alright, well, so the, it's, it's uh, straight he, up uh, martial arts superheroes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and it's it's full anime, over the top, uh, <laughs> all kinds of ridiculous weapons, and it, one character fights with a boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I, my brain did try for a couple of things you might say, like bringing to mind some of the Suikoden characters, like this one guy who fights with an oar. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't expecting Not boat. good enough, get a boat. How do you, how do you one up fighting with an oar? You fight with a boat. With a boat. <laughs> there's, uh, in, in, in 8, there's, uh, there's a few people who have various types of hand cannons. And when I say hand cannons, I, I, I don't mean like, you know, a pistol. This <laughs> is not an like... archaic term for a firearm. No, it's a it's a it's a it's a full sized cannon that goes underneath your arm. <laughs> the, it, Dynasty Warriors is one of the rare things that can be compared to Exalted. Yes. Oh, that would yeah, that'd be a remarkably good measure. <laughs> if you could mod Dynasty Warriors, you could probably make a decent Exalted game. It already they is. Should, a uh, they should game. look into yeah. that licensing option. White Wolf wouldn't say no. White Wolf are whores. Ask uh, them now. But uh, do it. Uh, uh, yeah. Whores uh, uh, in a good way. Good way. Whores can be good. It's just not a word that is particularly well liked by sex workers. <laughs> they're not sex workers. They're whores. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. 
I'm, I'm not suggesting that White Wolf would have sex with people for money as a career. That's a totally different thing. Oh, jeez. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. Yeah, White, White Wolf are very happy to license their products as seen by the fact that they were at one point owned by the guys who make Eve online. <laughs> It's like they compressed all elitist role players into one. I find it amazing because White Wolf, as a as a brand, White Wolf very much had this sort of ooh systems are for the people who don't know how to engage their imagination. <laughs> and Eve Online is the absolute most systemic MMO I've yes, ever imagined. But they have the common ground of well, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons players are hilarious. <laughs> Eve Online is basically a libertarian textbook exploding in slow motion. But, um, yeah, Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors, uh, I had a friend who fell into Dynasty Warriors, and I do use that word very, you know, I'm very sure of what I mean by that. In the <laughs> Dynasty Warriors has some of the most bonkers upgrade trees. I, you know, there are 72 weapons. Each weapon can be leveled up to 100. Each character can level them up individually. So, oh, and if you get them, if you get each one to 100, you get an outfit piece. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Fox, <laughs> well, I, I uh, say this, but Dynasty the version Warriors I'm going... Empires uh, has a character creator. <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, would you like no. to know how oh, many no. characters... Would you like to know how many characters can be created with the Dynasty Warriors 8 Empire? Empires? 50 bajillion. Uh, not quite. Only 850. They've actually given a number. Yeah. That's kind of impressive. No, specifically, it's that there are going to be 850 NPCs in the game that you can make. Oh, wait, what? You get to make all the individual members of the cast? Imagine Suikoden. Holy you crap! Can make, well, no, it already has uh, it already has around uh, 100 or so. Yeah. And then you can just make another 850. Yeah, the expression she has on her face is amazing. Oh! I have to be very careful about getting you this game. What am I going to do? <laughs> You're going to make 17 boxes of 50 slots each. (laughs) Twink Simulator 2015. (laughs) Hey, there will be plenty of ladies in my world. Ladies. (laughs) Admittedly, they'll all be built like trucks. (laughs) Which muscular is is a build that you give to female characters. (laughs) This explains why Jeb was saying, you know, uh, because there was a point where I was moving on my phone. And the pictures weren't loading, but Jeb was just tweeting things like, it's always nice to receive, what was it, a, a, a lance from your girlfriend? Sorry, for, for your fiancé? <laughs> yes! It is always... I said, you know it's true love when your wife gives you the soul flare. Yeah, and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Gray square, because, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> because, uh, Fox, uh, in this game, in the when you're playing the Empire mode, First of all, you can get characters, unfortunately only of opposite sex, can get married. Boo! And have a child. Boo! The child (laughs) will be created by the game as a mix of both characters' traits. So in the game, I married my own fiancé, so our (laughs) child now has wings and cat ears just like she does, and... (laughs) You're gonna have wings and cat ears? (laughs) Well, uh, Fox, okay, I, I, I hope you're sitting down, because Dynasty Warrior 8, Warriors 8 Empires has the single greatest character customization option ever. It has a cat on your head. <laughs> That's... Oh, oh, and I'm back in City of Heroes again. Yeah. You remember the shoulder panda? Yeah, you can have a little panda that sat on your shoulder. It had this manic little fangy face. Yes! 
it, it's making me flash back to D20 modern games. Uh, oh, yeah, you had a cat on your head. What cat? <laughs> Which is a joke you stole from, like, Mac Hall? I, I think, think I stole it yeah. from Mac Hall, yeah. It was more fun <laughs> in an RPG. Well, back, back in... Um, Back in a, a D20 modern game, I played a character who was a scrawny little hacker boy who was wearing a, a baseball cap, and there was a kitten asleep on top of the ca- on top of the cap. And people would periodically ask him, you know, what's with the cat? And he's like, what cat? Want to know what I played? Go on. I played a giant bouncer who smacked people with a crowbar. It was a pretty good game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been uh, playing... It, it's always amusing to see these, these cutscenes happen as major events happen, but there's my character and his big regal armor, and there's just this cat sleeping on his head. <laughs> he goes into battle with, with, with an axe that's larger than he is, and on there's a, just this cat sleeping on top of his head. <laughs> on a pure martial arts cinematic note, though, I love that because it's got this sort of Tony Jar boast to it of, yes, I can fight so well that I don't disturb the cat asleep they say he on has my never head. never awakened the cat. <laughs> the, cat is, the cat is never awakened. He has many students who try to follow him with possums and occasionally ferrets, but they always awaken. <laughs> See, the th- the trick is to get a possum asleep on your head is you wear a whole box of Danishes. <laughs> the, uh, the okay, that's really super funny if you know fat possum. Anyway, moving on. The Go character on, creator also includes things like, uh, uh, you can have, um, if you're familiar with... Uh, uh, Love Hina, you know, Naru's, like, hair antenna? Oh, yes. Uh, I believe they're called the... Ahugi. Okay. I can never remember which one means hair antenna and which one means orgasm face. <laughs> That's Ahagal. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you're uh, sure the antenna you is Ahugi. You can have, yeah, right. uh, you can have, uh, headphones, like, you know, Beats by Dre, except <laughs> China. Uh... <laughs> Beats oh. by Sunsei, if you will. Oh, no. <laughs> Where is Jet Grind? We need to dunk on Jet Grind. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. It has a one, just a wonderful character creator. You can create a robot from the future. <laughs> is it a robot from the future who's also a samurai? If you want. Like like Yoshimitsu kind of thing? You, you <laughs> certainly can. I think he's actually a robot from the past, but that's not the point. <laughs> At this point, this is basically Starbound. <laughs> Anyway, all right. So we, we've clarified that I'm going to have to get me some Dynasty Warriors at some point. Is there anything I can do about the voices? Because I have a dub threshold of basically zero. Well, Dynasty Warriors 8 Empires has no English dub. All right! At least not that i found, so it's just Japanese voices and English subtitles. See, that, I feel like that is as it should be. Like, I think it was uh, Muramasa had no English option, because, like, it's the most japanese game ever. Um, yeah, uh, Yakuza series. The Yakuza series do not have any English text. It just makes no sense that way. Sorry, English dialogue. Mm-hmm. But I suppose someone who'd grown up appreciating dubs for being cheesy dubs might have a different opinion on that. And I can respect where they're coming from, but... In fact, in the Yakuza expansion that's about zombies, there is an American airline pilot who is just there to yell at the characters who don't understand him, and he's voiced by a Japanese person yelling English. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, by the so, way... uh, Fox, let... what have you been playing? <laughs> President Fox first just wants to clarify the statement about all women being giant trucks. Uh, it's not actually true. I, I really appreciate body type diversity, and I would make women and men of all shapes and sizes. Except no fatties, because I'm way too oversensitive about that. Sorry. Well, they do actually have a large body type for that as well. That's really good. It's lovely that they put that in. That is for both really males good. and females? Yes. Excellent. 
Alright, moving on. What have I been playing? Um, I have been playing a really fucking hard game and a really fucking easy game. I have been playing Ori, uh, where I just passed the point of no return without realizing it was the point of no return, so now I'm gonna have to go back and play it again to, uh, to perform any kind of completionist fulfillment, which I require as a mad completionist. <laughs> yeah. Turns out um, that Ori, Ori is your albatross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's beautiful and it's fantastic, and I've really enjoyed playing it, even though some bits were too hard for me. Um, but it has a couple of problems that seem specifically designed to piss off completionists. Like, there's no fast travel. All three of the discrete dungeon areas you can't get back to after you leave them. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just a few things like that along the way that make a huge difference between how easy or hard it is to just get 100%. Yeah. Mm, anyway, so I'm going to play it again, and probably I will have a tutorial the second time, because it's legit once you've finished it the first time. <laughs> um, the, the thing that I found really remarkable about Ori is, and this is after having watched you as a gamer over these many years, uh, I have never seen you be that angry with a video game and go back to it. <laughs> Normally, if a game upsets you as badly as Ori did, you put it aside, you don't talk about it or think about it for a couple of weeks, and then it's mysteriously missing. <laughs> and then it is buried in the backyard. <laughs> I No, no, I... Look, I've only started not finishing games really recently because it's only been really recently that I've had enough games to not finish games. Mm -hmm. um, but there's only one game I have ever quit because it was too hard, and that was Mega Man Zero. I am terrible at Mega Man. I don't know what it is. I can play other platformers. I can play other side-scrolling shooters. I can't play Mega Man. I don't get it. It's because Mega 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 Man games are deep fried in bullshit. That's why. <laughs> And oh, apparently good. Mega Man Zero is exceptionally difficult as they go. I have gotten a fair way in ZX, which I understand is easy mode Mega Man, but it also doesn't have Zero himself in it, and that was, you know, that was why I was into Mega Man Zero. I really like Zero. He's friggin' adorable. Anyway, much of a muchness. The other thing I've been playing is Pokemon Rumble World, <laughs> because Nintendo decided for some reason to do two freemium Pokemon games at once, more or less. Wait, there's another one? <clears throat> there is another one. It's, uh, have you seen Pokemon Rumble at all? No. <laughs> it's a sort of hyper-stylized, uh, low graphics demands, uh, mass brawler for toy Pokemon. Um, I, I haven't played the original. I don't know if it has more conventional Pokemon things like leveling up mechanics and whatnot, blah, 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 whatever. But Pokemon Rumble World is basically that, except you're wandering around adventure maps, uh, collecting toy Pokemon, uh, and, you know, on the usual kind of, you can visit this area and then there's a cooldown and you can earn gems and buy faster results and blah, 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 whatever. Um, but it's pretty well made in terms of... You don't often get left with nothing you can do unless you pay for it. Which mm -hmm. is, you know, usually the thing that shits me off about free-to-play games. But they basically give you enough currency up front that you can buy access to three different areas right from the get-go. And if you cycle them at first, you more or less take as much time to get through them as it takes to recharge the first one. So you can just, you know, play the game. Which I really appreciate. It's weird how much of a difference that makes to me. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um... You can also, you know, tag other people's me's and import them into the story if you don't like the default king or, you know, the default evil wizard or whatever. You can replace them with your friends, which is pretty rad. 
Now, there's also a, a Wii U Pokemon Rumble game. Yes, that's the original. That's Pokemon Rumble. That yeah. came out a while back. Yeah, and there's Pokemon Rumble Blast, which is coming out as well. And now there's Pokemon Rumble World, which is free-to-play. Yes. So I suspect this is more of Nintendo testing the waters for free-to-play and uh, mobile market stuff. Oh, yeah. It's Well, it's got the name of another developer on it, which I think is the one they partnered with for mobile stuff. I'm not totally sure about that. I don't know if that means this will ever hit, like, iOS or Android devices. I'm not sure about that. But for now, it's being surprisingly fun. Um, uh, kind of bugs so, me that you can't level up your Pokemon, because that means that I sort of, you know, get attached to a particular one, but, you know, then I catch the same Pokemon with 300 more points of attack on it and better powers, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to give up on my old one. And that sort of sucks a little bit for people who are sentimental like me. But aside from that. And this mm-hmm. is a... What uh, what does one play this on? Uh, oh, this is a 3DS game. Oh, good. <laughs> be another thing to use with 3DS. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, especially useful when you've run out of stages on Pokemon Shuffle or are just generally pissed off at how bullshit stages like Mightyena are. Fuck you, Melodic. <laughs> Fucking Melodic. I learned the secret to Melodic. What is the secret to Melodic? <laughs> there is a secret to Melodic. Take Phoebus. Because, really? like, all, all the iced up squares around the edge are Phoebus. Oh, yeah. So if you so take it one in... it starts off. <laughs> yeah, it starts off by clearing half the board for you, and then you get a bunch of combo matches, and, like, from there, it's, like, half as difficult. <laughs> there it's it, possible. It makes such a crazy fucking difference. <laughs> yeah, I didn't work this out. I I, I asked online. I'm well, weak. so did I, so... <laughs> I am weak, but in my defense, Milotic is bullshit. <laughs> Just like getting your melodic and real Pokemon. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? That's hella fucking easy in uh, in Black White and XY. Is it? Like, they, they took out that whole bullshit thing about personality and catching a Phoebus and it's all hard and bullshit. No, you just trade it with, like, a Marvel scale or something. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they totally changed it. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I finally get to have a melodic. Oh, here's the thing. As I was about three days away from finally growing the berries I needed to evolve my Melotic in uh, Ruby, my GBA got stolen. Oh, Christ. Uh Uh-huh. So I went online, and I got myself other copies of uh, Pokemon Red and Pokemon Ruby. I think those were the ones I was playing at that point. Yeah, because, you know, they were pretty cheap by that point. They were just second-hand copies. That's when I got my DS Fat. Then I Mm -hmm. lost those. Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> so by the time it came up in black white, I'm like, holy fuck, I can finally have one. This is the best thing ever. <laughs> I really like Melodic. It's super pretty. I like having super pretty boy Pokemon. This is one of my things. Mine is named Sonata. Ooh. Eternal? Not quite. Though that is a really interesting sounding game. Eternal Sonata is a fun game, and it's very pretty. I just, the idea of a JRPG based off the fever dreams of a dying French composer is, you know, that's Polish. just a pretty great concept. Uh, Polish. Uh, oh, Polish, sorry. Uh, just, just, uh, just to say, as I understand it, Endless Sonata has a 17-minute cutscene before Eternal the Sonata. final... So yes, Eternal Sonata has a 17-minute cutscene before the final boss, and you can't save after it. Yeah, but you are at least listening to Chopin while it's playing. Ah, uh, there's that too, yeah. <laughs> But it is, Wait. it's uh, its very cute and very pretty to look at that game. I wonder if that's a question of resource-driving concepts. Like, they went, well, we can use all this music for free because these renditions are in the public domain. Hmm. <laughs> oh, well. Either way. Cool idea. Very cute. 
Uh, I haven't played it because it's uh, Xbox only, isn't it? I think so. It might also be a PS3. Yeah. I researched it a bit because I sold a copy for my friend when he went, Hey, I have all these video games. Sell them and you can have some of the profits. It worked out okay. I'd say it's one of the better JRPGs for the Xbox 360, but that's not saying a lot. <laughs> There's not a lot of those, are there? Uh, it might be the best one that I've played. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I never know if it's just the games that we get here or not, because uh, for all that there may not be many of a particular genre on a console, the Australian market is also a more limited snapshot of that that's more focused towards... Well, especially the Xbox stuff is much more focused towards your mainstream bro gaming kind of... Uh, at its side. worst... At its, at its lowest point, the Xbox had 3% of the PlayStation's market penetration in Japan. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Oh, when, yes, okay, I forgot about that. Like, Japan pretty much hated the Xbox. It, it wasn't a thing for them. They mm. didn't want the games on it. They didn't like the developer. There was no pre-existing relationship. And then when the Kinect came along, which is meant to push it, it literally required a home bigger than most Japanese gamers had. Oh, yeah, God, I forgot about that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, to the point where... Stores trying to sell connects had big paper rulers and say, so, you know, remember that, take yeah. this home and check to see if your home can hold it. <laughs> and they couldn't. <laughs> yeah, well, even like we, we live in Australia, which is where space is not exactly at a premium, but I'm pretty sure we still couldn't fit a connect in our TV room reasonably. No, the, uh, the American market very much carried the Xbox 360, mm. which meant that the JRPG market on it just wasn't very big. Not to say it didn't exist, it just yeah, it wasn't sense. nearly as big. Well, it's like, you know, the first-person shooter market on the Wii. There's not going to be a lot of it. Yeah, that got, doesn't mean you can't do it. You've but... got Conduit, and that's kind of it. I think there are a couple. Metroid Prime 3. Oh, yeah, that. I'm surprised, kind of a big one. I'm surprised they didn't port more of the Metroid Prime games. To... I can get them on console now. Didn't they port well, all of them onto the Wii? Oh, nice. I don't know if they re-released them, but they you can definitely get them on Virtual Console on the Wii. Okay, I think there was I think there was a there was a like a trilogy release on the Wii. Oh, actually, that is ringing some bells. I think you might be right, or at least like a one and two package. But maybe because the third one was for the Wii directly, right? I believe so. Yeah. Maybe they could have made that other Metroid game into something like Metroid Prime instead of what it was on the Wii. <laughs> to yeah. be fair, I. I really like what they did with that gameplay in that. Like, I am into the 3D side-scrolling thing. I really like that idea. Especially because it gives you the opportunity to jump into first-person sequences if you want. Like, that's all cool and stuff. I I got no problem with the game. I just got a problem with all the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's interesting. But then interesting. I have been very salty about the Metroid franchise ever since they restyled Samus to, you know, have the Barbie hair and all that. Like, that's pretty much when I checked out. It's sad, but... You know, that's when it stopped being for me and started being something I could only sort of, eh, I'm okay with it from a distance. Yeah. We we need to move away from talking about the Metroid Prime series or I'm going to start talking about feet and look like a ninny. Feet. Oh, looking at your feet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just, it's Haven't such we a asked thing. Jeb what he's playing? We yes. Did. We've we already did. done that. Empire. Okay. We've gone around. We've gone around. I actually tried to keep mine short because I thought I don't have anything that interesting to say. <laughs> and then listening to you people, I was like, actually, yeah, come to think of it, I could have mentioned that. Or that, or that, but no. <laughs> Hell, I mentioned that I was been playing Zelliard, and well, Zelliard is an amazing thing in the context of different markets. Explain to me what Zelliard is. I don't recognize it. Okay, do you remember Sierra? We'll just make you clip this back into the earlier. No, I'm not going to clip this in. Just <laughs> screw it. 
Uh, go here. It'll go here. We're, uh, we're, in, we're, into, we're into conversation now. This is no longer segmented. Yeah. Uh, we have surpassed the segment. We're onto Zeldiard. Okay, you remember Sierra. Rest because I remember Sierra. Right. They made the Black Cauldron PC game, which is one of the first things I ever played. So if I told you that Sierra paid for the development of a Japanese Metroidvania <laughs> game... No, they mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah, they totally did. <laughs> and it was called Zelliard. And it was made by a Japanese company who originally thought they were making a Famicom game. So the game's original (laughs) system was designed with a Famicom palette and with a scrolling attitude of like, well, we could just make, we could just throw this at the graphics processor and the graphics processor will just handle it, right? Okay, okay, hold on. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wouldn't the place this really fucked up be the sound? Yes. Because the Famicom had, like, <laughs> well, the the consoles in particular just had a really specific uh, sound architecture, didn't they? Are we yes. Understanding that? Yeah, yes. Okay. You are you, quite you are correct. completely correct. I thought so. I think he just hasn't gotten to that part yet. Yeah. Oh, wow, look at that. That is one of the most 80s-ish games I have ever seen. And when Sierra finally got the code back, they were like, this won't run on anything that exists. <laughs> no kidding! Uh, and what began then was this bizarre period of porting where they had to uh, kind of do, you know, what, what, what is it, pass-fail testing on everything? This sort of, is. can we make this work? No? Okay, it goes. So all the oh, sound that the Japanese developer created went. Literally all of this. So we can't oh. render this music. We can't render these sound effects. It is just not possible. It is easier for us to completely redo the sound library for this game. Oh. Because it was an annotated sound library. Because there was like, you know, this sound effect is for this. All right, great, cool. We need a sound effect that sounds like this. Yeah, of course. And it was for the PC speaker. This was pre-Adlib. Yeah. So this I game... I was thinking, like, all the beautiful work you've done on that is going to get reduced to, like, beep. Literal beeps from inside your machine. Yeah. Now, for the graphics processor, Sierra actually got some of their wizardry involved and successfully made a reasonably smooth scrolling... Holy crap! Uh, ...side to side. <laughs> but it couldn't scroll smoothly up-down, which meant that you would run off the edge of a cliff and there would be this heartbeat moment where the computer was like, okay, I need to go down now, and then you'd fall. Which had this sort of wily Coyote effect and it made some of the puzzles... <laughs> And it made some of the puzzles maddening because you're like, am I jumping wrong? Am I meant to be able to make this jump? <laughs> no. Oh, that's one of the most frustrating things in platforming, actually. That that jump, which is just far enough that you're not sure if you should be able to do it or not, and you just fucked up, or if it's, you know, just intended to be too far and you can never do it. That Speaking right there of is a Mega Man. Yes. <laughs> that right there is an accessibility design thing. You you need to signpost when your player is gonna waste their time. Yeah. That said, all of that said... And then you need to control your points of no return so someone can't go, I'm probably supposed to get this power-up that I know I'm going to get, and I'll just come back for it later. You fuck it. <laughs> ah! Oh, yeah, the collectible doodads should never be behind, um, you know, unbreakable walls. Also, if, if you ever have a fork and there's a collectible doodad down one side and there's more plot down the other, do not lock the fork, all right? Oh, no. Let people go back. The other thing about Zelliard is... They threw out the sound, they fixed the graphics, and they kept the level design. Mm-hmm. Japanese level design at that point in history oh. was not... It wasn't as... Uh, okay, it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> it was unwelcoming. Uh, yeah, y- you know classic Castlevania? I know, this is back when they used to remake levels for the uh, Western releases of games. Yeah, you know you know, um, classic Castlevania where the idea is if you just move forward through the level at, at walking speed, you will get owned. 
you need to be kind of deliberate and pausing and checking what you're doing every kind of couple of steps. Zeliard very much has that kind of design. Enemies will come at you with arcs that are not nicely timed for your weapons. You do need to often dodge or avoid on your very first attack. It, it's just this amazingly big Metroidvania game that I played in when I was like 10 years old. And I had no idea why this game was completely kicking my butt. <laughs> and, it, and it had a leveling system and it had an exchange rate. When you killed monsters, they didn't drop gold. They dropped this stuff called Alma. And in every town, there was a banker who would exchange your Alma for gold. And the deeper you got into the game, the less Alma was worth. Because they were like, we're surrounded by monsters. There's nothing exotic about having lots of Alma. (laughs) You know, yeah, we'll, we'll exchange it for you. Oh, that's cruel. And one of the towns had a really high exchange rate for Alma. So you would often sit there going, is it worth trekking all the way back there to cash in all of this gold? Oh, see, I was thinking much more than that. I was thinking, you know, because they have an evil plan where if they get enough Alma, they can resurrect the demon god or something. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been playing Zeliard, but mostly I've been playing the opening parts of Zeliard going, Jesus Christ, this is harder than I remember. <laughs> So they've never, like, uh, you know, re-released this with the original sound or anything? No. Zeliard... like a shame. It was, it was one of the many instances of Sierra's kind of move fast, don't make records style of approach. Don't make records. Oh, yeah. S- Sierra were famous for um, not keeping very good records or backups. Uh, whenever a game didn't sell well, they oh. would pop the boxes open, wipe the discs, and put a different game on them. Jesus. Uh, this is something Al- This actually really helped the developers of Sierra Games because Al Lowe said it meant that if you made a bomb, you weren't out that much money. You were out mm. some, they weren't happy with you, but you weren't, you know, losing mm. the company a massive amount of re- assets and resources. Boxes were cheap. Uh, printing costs for manuals were cheap. Discs were incredibly cheap. Then we moved over to CDs and printing out a massive pile of cds that you can't reuse that's very different yeah my brain went wait how could you just put a different game on there i'm sure they didn't release them on cd rewritable mm. and then i realized that you were talking about like discs i was discs. talking about five and a half inch flo- sorry, five and a quarter inch <laughs> sometimes floppies. i forget those existed yeah even though i never spent a fair forget. amount of time with them never forget hell i remember using the i remember using three and a quarter inch floppies like when we were at TAFE in 2010 or something. Yeah. Well, I Way later with... than they should have been used, frankly. Y'all, I started with cassette tapes. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a friend of mine in Estonia is a tech support job, and they apparently have in the warehouse a Russian computer called Maria, which is currently listed on the database for such things as extremely rare. <laughs> and it's a cassette tape that doesn't use a cassette tape of standard size. Oh, wow. It was a Soviet-designed cassette tape computer for home and personal use. Kind of exciting. It's like, yeah, we need to do some updates on this thing. How? How? Have you seen how fantastically expensive uh, digital cassette recorders are? Uh, Sorry, like backup tape drives? Oh, yeah. Like, motherfucker, that's a niche market, and they know it, and they're just going to charge it all the money they can. Well, they they also have to... Uh, <laughs> the people shit. designing those things design them for a level of tolerance. Oh, yeah, I know. They have to be, like, insanely reliable, because the whole point of them is that they're for backups of really important critical shit. Um, I remember seeing one that boasted proudly it could record perfectly under a Richter scale 7 earthquake. <laughs> and I remember wow. looking at that and going, why 7? <laughs> because eight Why seven? Because Japan? Did Did you test eight? 
<laughs> Couldn't quite get it there. <laughs> they probably did test eight and they got a skip. Yeah, it's like, is seven the point where you've said like, yes, we definitely can do that? And well, you said perfectly. Yeah. Like that, that level of control over your data is very impressive. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, I, think and after se- I think it's because after seven, you kind of get to where it's, well, you're probably fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you can't record perfectly if the ceiling falls on it. But we'll sure try. <laughs> Imagining a, you know, tape drive black box kind of thing. <laughs> Basically what those things are. <laughs> yeah. Real badass little pieces of hardware. <laughs> so hey, who wants to do some retro gaming news? Sure. Uh, pick me, pick me. And now it's time for retro gaming news. All the news that's put to pr- fit to print for many and several Aprils. Brought to you by Catching Melodic. Catching Melodic. Absolute bullshit since 2003. April has been a busy month in recent years, but it turns out that back in the late 90s it wasn't. Some years, only one game came out, according to our records. Partly because a lot of what makes new game releases these days is lots of ports, and ports of ports of ports. Alright, so, we're going to start from the back, moving forward. 1997, in the month of April, we had two significant games came out. Match the Gathering. No. Pokemon Yellow. Damn. No. Uh, I. <laughs> one of them, it, like... One of them's a franchise game. Loom! No. Oh, that's not a franchise Right game. developer. Fire Emblem. Oh, Monkey Island? No, it's an action game. Oh, that's going to be an X-Wing versus TIE Fighter thing. It is, in fact, X-Wing yes! versus TIE Fighter, which is still being I've played... I actually played that! Yeah, and it's still being played today. <laughs> uh, the PvP in X-Wing versus TIE Fighter is, as I understand it, some good. I've never played it. Probably not if you're both only mediocre, because my experience of it was mostly we flew around in a circle with no one managing to get behind the other person enough to shoot, and we did that for about 20 minutes before we went, this is kind of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Another game. It is now part of a franchise in that other games have been made since, but this is the first one. It is a game that has very recently had lots of knockoffs and uh, a truly abysmal remake. Famously abysmal, like, you know, get up and yell at the ceiling kind of bad game. The Incredible Machine? Not Bionic Commando. Not Bionic Commando, not Incredible Machine. Because I was hoping this would lead to a Bad Rats joke. Sadly, it would not lead to a Bad Rats joke. uh, That would have really brought it full circle. Plus, it would have meant we crammed in all our obligatory references in, like, one (laughs) two-minute section. But... Oh, we've still done that because Jeb said Bad Rats. No take backs. Yeah, I can't clip that out now. You've locked it in. (laughs) <laughs> oh dear it's, well it's okay uh, my loom reference was mistimed so it's like the dench joke where you know <laughs> it was gonna be a one-off thing but you fair. kept bringing her up so i'm like i have to leave the whole thing in now i forced that because i wanted that i thought it was my funniest <laughs> material from that show all right then uh it's a game about being bad grand theft auto no not not grand theft auto um it's a game about being much more bad than you are in grand theft auto Dungeon Keeper. Dungeon Keeper! Oh, that kind of bad. Yes. I I was thinking, like, are you a bad enough dude to say the president bad? No, no, 1997, not 1987. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. America stayed in the 80s for a very long time. Japan stayed there for even longer. Uh, So, yeah, that was 1997. Uh, Dungeon Keeper and X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter both came out. Yeah. That was a pretty good month. Good year for PC. Okay, this one might be a bit more obscure. 1998. Now it's Pokemon. No. It's not Pokemon. No, it's also a franchise game, and it's a franchise that very, very much did not get its ducks in a row until much more recently. Well, so it kept getting made, Persona? but it sucked up until recently. Not Persona, wrong country. It is a game that kept getting made. It's, it's a franchise that had money and influence outside of video games. Getting video games made, even though those video games were 
bad. But there's been good ones recently. Recently, new ones have come out that have been good. Are we talking tie-in kind of things? Like sort of tie Like a TV series or a movie or something? Uh, a game. No, I mean, it's, wait, it's tie-in tie in with for a game. game. It's a game that is a game tie-in. Yes. Uh, it is a sequel to a game about bad rats. What the hell is he talking about? Is this is this one of the, is this one of the Warhammer games? Yes, it is. It is Warhammer Dark Omen, which was the sequel to the Warhammer yeah. Shadow of the Horned Rat. Yes. Shadow of the Horned Rat. The, the Horned Rat is the Skaven is the Skaven Chaos God. Yeah. <laughs> and the original bad rats. <laughs> the be- the best thing about the Shadow of Horned Rat is that when your armies clashed against each other, a gigantic animated sprite of a fist came down, shook its hand, and then rolled all these dice. <laughs> interpretation of the game rules there guys yeah it, it was pretty bad oh goodness me all right now moving up to 1999 now i have very regularly commented that 1999 is a very important year in video games these two titles are both parts of franchises and they're both amazing half-life <laughs> right engine wrong game wait what year are we in uh, 1999 so we're gonna do team, no team fortress. Damn. team fortress classic that's one of the Ooh. two here's the other one it is a competitive game. It is a competitive game that was played pretty much constantly until... No. Close, though. Uh, like, in time-wise, you're very close. StarCraft almost made the cut for this list, but it was a... It's not Warcraft late. 2 this year, so that wasn't until late. No, it wasn't Warcraft 2. It was a game that is part of a multinational franchise. Hmm. It is a game that cheats like a motherfucker. Unreal it, Tournament? Most of them. Uh... No, very much the wrong genre. You're thinking of a much older approach to this kind of stuff. Uh, it is a game where there is elaborate... Oh, it needs unique hardware to play to its fullest. It's from Japan. That could be anything that requires a memory card. Uh, okay, yeah, I don't mean a memory card. I mean a specific thing to plug into your controller. Is this one of the Armored Core games? like a rumble pack. No, you're thinking more obscure. It's a much more mainstream franchise. Actually, the memory card did plug into your controller back in... I'm thinking of the 64. I, I had... You're on I, the right console. I had the Bugs Life game. Star okay. Fox? Ah, oh, jeez. As, as far as mainstream Nintendo titles go for the N64, you're really, really close. I'm trying to think Smash of attachments Brothers. for the controller. Like, the, the Rumble Pack and the memory card are the only ones I can think of. Uh, the... the uh... You said Smash Brothers? This is basically the only... This is like the second thing below Smash Brothers for competitive multiplayer N64 games. And it wasn't GoldenEye. It wasn't GoldenEye. Perfect Dark. Not a a shooter. A turn-based game. There were turn-based games on the N64? There was indeed. required special controller attachments? It it required to get everything out of it. Oh, Jesus crap, hell, you're talking about Pokemon Stadium. Yes, I am! Oh. Nobody played that competitively, did they? Oh, yes, they did. <laughs> not more than GoldenEye or, or Perfect Surely Dark or, not. Or, or Star Fox, come on. <laughs> or Mario <laughs> Party, come on. There was, there, hang on a second, there were competitive Star Fox tournaments? Holy crap. Wow, I did not know that at all. That was actually really fun to play. That's pretty much the only flight sim type gameplay I've ever enjoyed. Mario Kart! Mario Kart! Come on! (laughs) Oh god, yeah, competitive Mario Kart! Yeah, sorry. You you were misleading. Fair enough, but I was sitting here going, how do you not get this? It's a turn-based mainstream Because I thought I'd already screened Pokemon at you for this one. No. Given that this is the height of Pokemon, basically, the the very end of the 90s. Well, uh, because I don't know... One thing is for sure, though, is that Pokemon 
Pokemon Stadium was hella great. It was great. <laughs> it cheated like a bastard. It did cheat like a bastard. And it, when you said that, I also thought Pokemon Stadium. I thought, no, I've already said that. Now, I just want to make clear, uh, I will go back and I have to listen to this again. And it's a chance that you did, in fact, say Pokemon and I missed it. In which case, I'm sorry. I probably just thought it. It was probably just in my head. But if I go but back I and edit it, it to two of the other things, I think. But if I go back and edit it, and you didn't say it, I get to go. Ha ha. Whatever. You lose points for your incorrect classification of this as as being a more important multiplayer title than Mario Kart. Yeah, you're probably Violet Wars or a bunch of other. You're things. definitely right. I completely forgot about Mario Kart. I didn't even know Mario Kart had an N64 version. <laughs> <laughs> of course it did. It's Mario Kart. <laughs> They put it on every goddamn console they could. In my brain, Mario Kart kicked in on the GameCube. Like, it didn't exist before what? that point. Jesus Christ! <laughs> they used to play it on Amazing! Mario, Mario Kart you was not the very first... This? It was the very first Super Nintendo game I ever played. <laughs> you got me. I don't know my SNES history very well. Yeah, but you know Amazing. Neither do I. I had a Genesis as a kid. <laughs> but did you just pretend they were playing Wacky Wheels? I don't remember them playing that. I remember them playing, like, Mario Paint at one point. Yeah, they used to play Nat Attack, and they used to play Bubsy, and they used to play Mario Kart. Yeah, Bubsy was... I, I, we should mention this for Emily's sake. Bubsy was at one point competitively played on Australian <laughs> television. <laughs> I forget what they scored it on, even. Was How many yarn, yarn balls, balls you got? <laughs> we have one more game, though. Darkwing Duck. No, no, but it is a dark game. They did sh- no, they didn't show Darkwing Duck on Saturday Disney. It was in the uh, afternoon slots, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we fast forward another year to the year two thousand. Pokemon, Finally. still Pokemon. It's always Pokemon. Pokemon never dies. Finally, Can't here. Kill Pokemon. No. Blue. No. <laughs> His face looks really good right now. Hey, Talon. Yeah. Is it Fire Emblem? It's not Fire Emblem. <laughs> okay, so now you've you've all got that out of your system. Bad rats! Mm. So again, you've got this out of your system now? This is what happens when we go in without a plan. <laughs> Talon, you can't get Pokemon out of my system. I just explained to you Pokemon never dies. Try to keep up. <laughs> Nerd. Anyway, it's a dark game. It's a open world roaming adventure game. It also required special hardware to play. It's part of a franchise. It's part of one of the most enduring franchises in gaming. How oh, open world is open world, because if this is Majora's Mask, I'm going to have to kick your ass. It is, in fact, Majora's Mask. Yeah! Now I'm going to have to kick your ass. <laughs> it's, it's not really open world. It's very segmented. I, very. Very. Uh, okay, yeah, there are loadings. I, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of the game doesn't say go to this one location and do stuff. Yeah, it's, it does. Yeah. Constantly. Fair enough. Unless you're a speedrunner. I mean, yes, yeah. it's an adventure game and there's lots of places you can go and you're not trapped in any location for the most part. But I think when people say open world, they mean something very different to Majora's Mask with its many, many loading gates and one large field. Yeah, I admit the one large field uh, feel of the thing is what I was primarily thinking of. But yeah, Majora's Mask came out on April 27th, year 2000, and it required That's a... your birthday! Yes, it is. Well, not in the year 2000, though. Well, it was. It that was my birthday. There was, there probably, you probably did have a birthday on that day. Yeah, I yes, probably did in the year 2000. Um, I probably got shorts. Anyway. <laughs> that's our retro gaming news, with all of its segues and problems. That was beautiful and uh, wonderful. Alan, you know what they say about shorts, right? What? They're comfortable and easy to wear. <laughs> I told you that you can't kill Pokemon. <laughs> I don't... Who would try to kill... I'm not trying to kill Pokemon. Anyway, we're not going to talk about Majora's Mask, are we? Wait, let's talk about Majora's Mask. I still don't have the remake version, even though I want it very much, because I have no money. Hmm. 
But Let's talk about Majora's Mask. I don't, don't fucking like Majora's Mask. Boo on you! No, no, no. I, I think I... it is confusing and unnecessarily convoluted, and I don't really care for the story. Yeah, I, I genuinely think that we need to be able to put forward these thoughts, especially about conventionally regarded classics. Counterpoint! It's fucking excellent! Yeah, that's not very helpful. Okay. That, well, that is, an ex- that is an acceptable point. Yeah. <laughs> the... I can understand you being not really into the story because there's not really much of a story. The story is the world is going to end in three days, fix it. And aside from that, there's not really much there. Most of the rest of the story is like bits and pieces of character moments and bad shit that's happened to individual people that you have to go and fix. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. really where the, the character of the story is. I just love it for being a Zelda title with no Zelda and no Ganondorf because they're sort of the least interesting elements of it to me. I know I'm in trouble for this, but. I have played Majora's Mask. I haven't finished it. And there's stuff in it I like, but I and I can definitely look at it and go, oh, I can see why this is a classic. I can totally understand going, I, I don't care for this. Also, it's got Carfe, who should definitely be a DLC for Hyrule Warriors. Put him in there. <laughs> they need some attractive boys in that game. They, they have <laughs> an awesome female Smash. cast, and all the boys are like, ugh. Carfe for Smash, using, like, math-level attention to detail. <laughs> he would look so pretty. See, in Smash, that would be hard, because what what are you going to make him do exactly? Come up with something. Invent something. <laughs> They're already suggesting, what is it, Daisy? Like, yeah, but, you know, they already have a precedent for what Daisy does, because Daisy is just a peach clone. <gasps> I said it. I'd say it again. Again, if Emily is listening to our podcast, I'm going to get yelled at. <laughs> Look, it's a, I, I'm sure she has a different personality and whatnot, but she is even more similar visually to Peach than, like, you know, at least Wario is fat Mario. <laughs> At least Waluigi is weird purple pie man Luigi. The Daisy is just a fucking palette swap. She's I, nothing else. I actually really like that Waluigi is a reflection of a reflection of a character. I think someone posted this on a Tumblr and, and the picture went around. But like, okay, you have Mario. Mario is the template character. You have Luigi, who is the reflection of Mario, a slightly different version of him, meant to highlight different traits. And then you have Waluigi, who is a distorted reflection of Luigi. So, well, Luigi is just isn't... a guy who showed up to play some tennis. I mean, let's not throw some shade <laughs> on it. <laughs> isn't he also more like, because he's not based on Luigi so much as he's based on Wario needing a Luigi. Which Actually, is why his name yeah. is Waluigi instead of... He's based on they needed a I don't even know how you'd do that with Luigi. He showed up one day to play some tennis. That's why he's there. But, but yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. But by, by either way you cut it, he's still a reflection of a reflection, and possibly a reflection of a reflection of a reflection. He's more of a reflection of an Going evil on a, twin. What, what's actually kind of interesting, though, you mentioned the, like the first reflection, you know, Luigi being the first reflection. Always in the Mario RPG games, all of them, literally all of them, they go on about how great of a jumper Mario is. Luigi is better. <laughs> <laughs> that Doesn't that feel like exactly how it would go, though? Just Mario gets all the credit. <laughs> well, that's actually like a subplot, at least in <laughs> Thousand Year Door. <laughs> Luigi's go. going, oh yeah, I'm doing my own thing. Yep, <sighs> yep, saving the princess, too. <laughs> it, it does make me wonder if Luigi is more likely to be annoyed by this, and so we have all these resentful Year of Luigi-style jokes, or if Luigi's just like, yeah, my brother needs that kind of thing. <laughs> my brother needs the, needs the uh, Yeah, I think I sort of put Luigi into the, the soccer box. Like, he's... It seems like he must be okay with this, because if he wasn't, he'd be a sociopath by now. <laughs> and I don't see that in him. Like, you know, people enjoy making the, the dark jokes about kid-friendly franchises, but I don't really fancy that kind of thing, so... 
I think he just has that kind of moral fortitude to be the butt of everyone's jokes and just be cool with that. He's probably a really rad guy. Um, also, because we're, we're pretty clearly coming up on, you know, the point where I get sick of trying to edit this thing down. <laughs> but I just wanted to touch really quickly. Quick, say something really important that you can't possibly cut out. Do you enjoy, of course you enjoy yes. making my life hard. Thank I'm you. Sorry, it was the laughter, not it. <laughs> That's why she married you. <laughs> Just a real make- quick mention of some deals that are going to be still running when this podcast goes up. So if you listen to it early and you're one of the elite crew, this is stuff that you might not have noticed already being available. The elite crew. The If you are the listener, and you listened to it earlier... Uh, oh, you are our listener. <laughs> yeah, if you're our one listener. By the way, if you send in a note, we'll address you by name. Um, <laughs> that's great. Okay, first listener who does send us in their name, that's what we're going to use to refer to all listeners from now on. Who'd be yes, like, you know, this all is the very important opportunity. This is a very all- important opportunity. <laughs> So, Louise, you as we be, were saying... You can be the one listener. <laughs> we'll put your name on a t-shirt when but we kickstart in order to, I am a... <laughs> but in but order, in order to, you, you you need to have, like, a word that they have to say along with their name so that they know that this <laughs> contest is running. <laughs> and that phrase is bad rats. <laughs> yeah. You have, to send, you have to send us your name and the, word, the phrase bad rats will know that you are our listener. <laughs> or you've just met Jen. <laughs> you... <laughs> You do realize now we're going to get Jet Grind or Future Friend sending us phrases like Mahashalal Hashbaz bad rats. <laughs> yes, I'm aware of this. I'm a Mahashalal Hashbaz. <laughs> <clears throat> Nonetheless, Humble Bundle currently has up the Humble Origin Bundle in which you can get a copy of Dragon Age Origin for a buck. Absolutely worth it. worth it. Yeah. Uh, is, oh. it the, is it the uh, Ultimate Edition? Does it have a DLC or... Uh, Origins does, isn't it? It's just Dark Dragon Age Origins. But again, a buck. Well, you can still go and get the gay patch and the anime hair patch and the fixing characters' weird-ass appearances patch. But along with that, you will also get... Unfortunately, no awakening. Yeah, no awakening, apparently. But along with that, you'll get Peggle, which is pretty good at what it is. Dead Space 2, which I like, but again, it's my... I I apparently am one of those people who likes Dead Space. It's very much a, a... not general taste. <laughs> oh, I thought Dead Space was thought of quite fondly. By some people. Mostly Jim Sterling. And Jim Sterling is really loud, so Jim Sterling can make his game sound really great. Um, Medal of Honor War? Space, I think Dead Space 2 is considered to be, like, the good one. I really liked Dead Space 1 once I got it running. Uh, Dead Space 2 <laughs> I haven't gotten as into. But, yeah, it's 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 a pretty good game. It must be kind of popular. They referenced it in Little Big Planet. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think the designs are also quite visually good. I think that the, the chunk chunk armor looks really cool. So putting it on a sack point makes it look really funny. Um, Actually, yeah, it's probably more about the juxtaposition of the horror protagonist being really identifiable and the sack boy being really sack boy. I really like Little Big Planet. Yeah, it's I wish it had been on a, a Nintendo console because it sort of feels too cute and friendly for uh, PS3. But, you know, I, I get that this is also about physics and graphics and they really couldn't have done that on a Wii. So. Um, I'm not judging, I'm, I'm just wishing. You also get Medal of Honor War Chest, about which I know nothing. I have no this opinion about it. Allied Assault? Yeah. It's a Medal of Honor. Uh, it's a Medal of Armor, you play as an army ranger, you can't play multiplayer because EA took the server down. <laughs> uh, hmm. the Medal, those Medal of Honor games I think were good. If Is... you like a World War Two action shooter. Yeah. Are they any good without the multiplayer? Sadly. Um, I liked the Medal of Honor series okay. without multiplayer. 
That that was a genuine question because mostly what you hear about shooters these days is you know you get it for the multiplayer, the single player campaign is bullshit. But yeah, I because I don't play them, I don't know which ones that specifically applies to. It's more of a stereotype than a, a judgment. <laughs> There's also Command and Conquer Generals, which in my opinion is probably one of the weakest Command and Conquer games. But that's just me. I've never even heard of that particular Command and Conquer. They they took a step I... away from the goofy personality driven. Oh, that's right. They like branched into Red Alert and serious Command and Conquer, didn't they? Yeah. Which is now branched into not existing anymore, because that's how things go. Because people liked Red Alert more, and the other one didn't have George Takei. Uh, we're probably not going to get another Red Alert game either. Oh. So Command & Conquer is probably going to stop? Yeah. Sadly, it appears that that particular market is not producing at the rate that the companies who own it want it to, so... Yeah. That command hey, has this been was conquered. on our topic list. That, yeah, that command has indeed been conquered. But if you dial up to get the $5 category in the Humble Bundle, you also can get Dragon Age 2 and Mass Effect 2. So you can get the bad one of one series and the good one of the other series. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not willing to go out on a limb and say that there's no reason to like Dragon Age 2. I, I mean, I, I wanted to play it, so obviously. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Dragon Age 2 is the bad Dragon Age, but it's not in that category of you would have... It, it reduces the value of the bundle overall. It's not that bad a game, no. right? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, Dragon Age 2 is Dragon Age's Mass Effect 1. Yeah. Right. In it, fact, it tries really hard to be Mass Effect. It's the <laughs> cul-de-sac of cul-de-sacs. Most of what you're doing is running over and running back again. <laughs> so Hawk is basically then trying to do Shepard again? Yes. Right. Uh, they, they did, in fact, state when they were making uh, Dragon Age 2 that they intended for for it to, to, to take the Dragon Age series as more of a Mass Effect direction. Yeah. And it did not work well. Well, it's good that they salvaged it and did something else with it then. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the characters in Dragon Age 2 are some of the best that Bioware's ever done. Oh, okay. That's enough for me to want to play it then, because I am all about the characters when it comes to Bioware. Yep. That's what I'm and, there for. Uh, if, if Dragon Age 2, instead of being called Dragon Age 2, was just like some like some PS Vita... It was just called The City called, of Chains. Well, if it was just called like some PS Vita... Uh, Dragon Age spin-off visual novel called, like, Dragon Age Kirkwall. <laughs> I wonder if there's an add-on really for, like, you know, removing the combat, basically. Well, that's one... Of, this is one of the things that led to a big furore in that one of the developers, a woman, said, I would have really liked a button to skip all the combat in Dragon Age 2 because I'm more interested in the relationship stuff. And people went, obviously, bananas at her, saying, oh, this woman is clearly Fuck why sake. all the combat is ruined. Blah, have they blah, blah. played any Bioware games? Yeah. <laughs> There, I have a harder time thinking of Bioware games where I wouldn't want to skip the combat if given the chance. That was never their strong point. They, you know, by the point of Mass Effect, they've gotten a grip on it, finally. Yeah, Mass Effect 2, in fact, the other game in this bundle, is where they did finally get a grip on it. Mm -hmm. And the Mass Effect 2 combat is stop-and-pop cover-based shooting, but it's reasonably interesting, yeah. and it has a good kind of paper-rock-scissors effect, and the guns feel good. I know that that's a, <laughs> the guns feel good, and I imagine Jeb just rolling his eyes at me. The make-believe guns feel good. The combat was basically an exercise in maths and or just exploiting whatever was identified as being the best weaponry. Oh yeah. One thing uh, I can say about uh, one quick thing I can say about uh, Dragon Age Two: if you want to have the most fun out of it, play it on the on the casual difficulty. Yeah, that's because what that I do with the stuff com anyway. It just, it just affects the combat, and the combat is worth worrying about. <laughs> um, just enjoy the character. Like I said, the characters are some of the best that Bioware's ever done. Well, that sounds like excellent advice, and I'm going to go do it. Uh, a recommendation that I cannot personally put my weight behind, but I trust Jet Grind to be a 100% representer of Jet Grind's opinion. 
Uh, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare is apparently pretty good. Garden Warfare. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. I have it on my Xbox. I just haven't tried. Is this a Plants vs. Zombies game with a subtitle, or is this a? It's a Plants vs. Zombies game with a fuck. It's it's. uh, I think it's a a spinoff. Anyway, also still Uh, in the humble bundles. If we jump over to the humble mobile bundle, there are two games worth mentioning here. One, Bounden. This is really interesting. Bounden. Uh, Sorry, plant, Garden, Garden Warfare is a third-person shooter and tower defense game. All right, okay. Ah, yeah. Uh, Bounden is a cooperative phone dance game in that you huh. and the other player have to hold the phone with your thumb on the screen and move into different poses that puts the phone at particular angles. Huh. Uh, you also you forgot <clears throat> to mention Bejeweled Three as well. Oh yeah, sorry. Bejeweled Three is also in that humble origin. Which is bundle. it's Bejeweled. Da, 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 da. I'm yeah. not sure you should put Bejeweled and Peggle in the same bundle. You might kill people, <laughs> or at least houseplants. That's what the Garden Warfare is for. <laughs> okay, so that's really interesting, but it feels like there must be a whole lot of difficulties with that, like you know, being the wrong height comparative to the other person, or it, it's designed by a Dutch ballet tutor. Like, don't get me wrong, it, it's intriguing. It just, you know, hearing it makes me go, that sounds really hard to pull off. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine it probably is pretty hard to pull off. I've never played it myself, but it looks like a really interesting concept. And you can have it for a buck. The other thing that's in that bundle for a buck is Avenum. Oh, is that on mobiles? Yes. That's a good place for it. It really does not require a PC interface. Yeah. Avenum Escape from the Pit by Spiderweb Software who were brought to my attention recently by announcing that they are discontinuing support of iOS. Oh. Hey, cool. Um, with a stance I that... I mean, sorry, that, that was a bit mean-spirited. Well, their stance is that they will continue to support the existing games they have on the Apple Store, uh, but Apple keeps changing the architecture underneath them. I'm, and I believe the line was, I am too old to keep relearning the <laughs> fundamentals well, of my games. software is like two guys at Lost Shack. Yeah. And one of them is the drawing guy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Avenum, Escape from the Pit, gigantic sprawling RPG, if you're into one of those. I had a lot of fun with that back in the day, or rather, I had a lot of fun with what it originally was, which was Exile, Escape from the Pit. Uh, Avenum is a remake. And that was actually the first game I tried modding, which is to say the graphics were all in PCX format, and I replaced them with Sonic sprites. Nice! (laughs) (laughs) Knuckles was a barbarian! (laughs) There was no chuckling here. So yeah, that's just some stuff to to bear in mind if you're interested in cheap games. There's some that you can get your hands on. Uh, there's definitely uh, in the the uh, weekly bundle, which still has a few days left, I think, when this goes up. Yep. Froats and Synapse Prime for Oh $1. yes. Oh yes. I've forgotten about that. I was just feeling like I should talk more about Avenim even. Um, um, I want to say it's... Okay, uh, if you like the Dark Souls series in terms of this is a game that feels like it doesn't give a shit whether I live or die, Avenim is kind of that for turn-based fucking massive RPGs. Yeah. It's, that was it's my one of those, Yeah, one of those really old-school RPGs that's like, yeah, sure, you can punch that shopkeeper if you want, and now the town hates you, they're gonna try and kill you. Oh, you can go to anywhere in the game as soon as you get out of the uh, the starting area, and everything is trying to kill you, and oh, you unleash some green slime which is gonna eat the world. Better run! How long can you run for? It It's that kind of game. There's a lot there if you're the kind of person who thinks old-school dungeon crawls are fucking hilarious. And in the weekly bundle, as Jeb mentioned, there's Frozen Synapse Prime, 
Yeah, that shit is really interesting. <laughs> really fucking hard. Yes! I still don't know what to make of it. I, I am embarrassed by how little progress I have made in Frozen Synapse. I still have the old <laughs> version. I've played, I think I've got six hours down on that thing, and I haven't beaten the second mission. Wow. I can't wrap my brain around it. And it's not because the game is bad, it's not because the interface is bad, anything like that. It's because that game is much smarter than I am. <laughs> yeah. Is it? I'm thinking of the right game, right? It's the simultaneous turn-based? Simultaneous yeah. turn-based. And, and where the aesthetic of it is this washed-out blue. Because they yeah. said, we want to make sure that everything that's bad stands out really well. So, <laughs> grenades are bright red. Really, everything's bad. Yeah. Oh, and just simultaneous, destroyable environment turn-based strategy. Like I said, I really don't know what to make of it. It's, you know, it's a genre that I'm technically interested in, but it's so far removed from what I played in that genre that I saw every time I look at it, I'm like, I fear and respect you, game. Uh, moments like fling a grenade into a room, it bounces off a wall, blows out a wall you didn't see, suddenly two characters who had movements involving that wall see each other. Oh, lordy. <laughs> And, um... Oh, there's, there's also the, the whole planning and previewing how your t you think your turn will go out. Yeah. Hey, play out. We're pretty sure it'll go something like this. Oh, God. You can spend hours in your, in your In your, in your, in the planning phase, you have, you, 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 you try and figure out what you're going to have your units do on the turn, <laughs> but you also have to try and guess what you think the, uh, the enemies are going to do. <laughs> Let me uh, let me contextualize this, Jeb. You know how you're talking about how you're quite good at chess. Mm -hmm. I can't play chess. I am good at a certain type of strategy game, but one thing I really can't do is think ahead effectively. So when it comes to chess, I am just the worst. I can't do it. <laughs> the idea of simultaneous turn chess makes my head hurt. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> And that's kind of what Frozen Synapse is. How would you even do that? Well, it'd be things like, I'm pretty sure he'll be moving his piece into that square, so I'm going to move my pawn as if I can take it. I don't uh. know. <laughs> oh, God. That would take its own whole level of... Yeah, I, I, don't, think I, could pull, I don't think I could pull that off. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so It yeah. also has multiplayer. <laughs> of course it does. Jeez. I actually thought it was only multiplayer to start with. It has story mode, which is kind of this uh, cyberpunk hacking through corporate so-and-so and shooting people. It's, hacking the corporate so-and-sos! It kind of is a pre-early access, early access game, in that they released a multiplayer-only version of the game. Oh, it was multiplayer-only to start with. Very briefly. Ah. And then after that got some money, they made a single-player campaign, and then they just That's rolled cool. that into the original release. So if you already had it, you got it. And then they did another game, which was, um... Interestingly, it wasn't a death thing anymore. It was suddenly a sport. And they made a second game, and then they went back to Frozen Synapse, and they they doled it up further. <laughs> so, yeah. You're saying they made a simultaneous turn-based sports game? Yes. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> yeah. That's kind of awesome. I, I, I have to admit, I'm kind of intrigued by the idea of it. <laughs> Frozen Cortex. Yes, there it is. Ah, I see. Oh well, shit it's is cool. It's like cool. a mix between it's like a mix with sci-fi sci football and turn-based strategy, <laughs> except the turns are at the same time. I, this is the kind of thing I want to watch you and Doc. Seven games. <laughs> this is the kind of thing I want to watch you and Doc play. Wait, mode seven? <laughs> yes, the whole game is at a very slight <laughs> angle. 
<laughs> no, I mean the the company that makes this called Mode Seven. Yeah, like awesome. It's like three D, only not three D. Mode Mode Seven has this massive nostalgic sting for me because I look at it and see Seiken yeah. Densetsu Three. Absolutely. And I lost basically a summer to Seiken Densetsu Three. Seiken, because of that. The important thing is you have I the opportunity to correct me. I still can't believe that. I still can't believe that never got an official version. And yeah, ah, it's such a good game. It was like one of the, you know how there's that era of the 2D JRPGs where, you know, there are a lot that were eh, pretty much okay, good concept, distinctly flawed, and then you had your sort of Chrono Triggers and your Final Fantasy VI's that were like the pinnacle of that era. Yeah. And so we get into Well, it. Final Fantasy V was the pinnacle, but yeah. Live alive. Six? Level- you think five was better than six? I personally feel that five is a better oh. game than six. I like six a lot. I'm not saying six is a bad game. I think five is a better game. Okay. But Anyway, you but... just wait until the fiesta rolls around and we have our Final Fantasy V episode. Oh, nice. <laughs> the point is, SD3 was also one of those, and, it you know, the only way to play it in English is to use Steal the emulated it. version. It's just sad. All right, then. It was excellent. Same thing with Live Alive. Really need to bring Live Alive to North America. I think they've teased. Thank you for joining us. That's been the Downloadable Concept Podcast. That's been Fox. That's been Jeff. And that's been Tal. Tune in next week when... Hang on, wait. Why do you want to know? <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> <laughs>